This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And Rebecca, she was pointed out as being particularly beautiful. It says in Genesis 24, 16, Genesis 24, 16, the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither man known her, and when she went down the well. Fair to look upon means she wasn't an eyesore, all right? <laughs> and Rachel, she was pointed out to be beautiful. In Genesis 29, 17, Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. So the Bible points out when a woman is pretty, when a woman is beautiful, there's no mention of Ruth that she was particularly beautiful. But Boaz loved Ruth and he wanted to marry her, not because Ruth was outwardly pretty, outwardly beautiful, but Boaz treasured something in Ruth which he spoke of in Ruth 3.11. Boaz said to Ruth, and now my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that requires. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman, a virtuous woman. He saw in her what Proverbs speaks about in Proverbs 12.4, Proverbs 12.4. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. In Proverbs 31.10, Proverbs 31.10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. And then in the same chapter, Proverbs 31.30, 31.30, favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So this is the first jab that he's put on, on him. He says, the day you do it, you gotta marry her. The second painful jab that Boaz has jabbed the kinsman is when he, say, when he says, thou must buy it also of Ruth. But he didn't just say Ruth. He said, Ruth the Moabitess. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Ruth, he refers to her as the Moabitess. I mean, he's telling the kinsman that you're not just gonna marry, be married to Ruth, you're gonna be married to Ruth the Moabitess. The Moabitess were the, the Moabites were hated by the people, by the Jewish people. So he's telling the kinsman, 
Congratulations. You're going to have a Moabitess wife as part of the family. And we could just picture the kinsman. He's cringing at the thought of a Moabitess. That's not that, who's not even particularly beautiful. Oh, no. And so that's a, now the third jab comes when he says to the, he says to him in verse five, he says, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead. <laughs> oh, man, the wife of the dead. So he's emphasizing that Ruth is the wife of the dead. He's reminding, he's reminding the man, this, you know, there's something about this woman that's associated with death. You know, her husband died, her father-in-law died, her brother-in-law died, everybody dies. And that's like Ruth is, that's like Boaz is saying to him, here's your new bride, she's the wife of the dead, everyone around her seems to die, so good luck, pal, I hope you make it. <laughs> so, and we could just picture the kinsman, he's cringing at the thought of being married to the wife of the dead. Anyway, so then the fourth painful jab comes when Boaz jabs him, and he says that in, in verse five, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Oh, he's really emphasizing this dead part, and he's in essence saying, congratulations, you have now signed up to build up both the name and the inheritance of the dead, of somebody else. And that was purposeful when Boaz said that, upon his inheritance. He's in essence saying to this man, you will now be spending your time and your resources Building up the estate and the name of a deceased man. That's very noble of you. And, and this was the most painful jab of all because this, he thought, you know, I thought I was going to add to my name. I thought this was going to add to my, my property. I had no idea I'm going to be a servant building up another a dead man's name and property. Oh, no. And we can just picture this, this kinsman cringing at the thought of building up the name and the property of somebody else that's not him. He, so Boaz here, what a master master negotiator. He should write the book, The Art of the Deal. <laughs> He's very good because this is the one that really worked for him. And, then, and after this, the kinsman realizes, I'm not gonna be able to just buy the field and it's free and clear and it's mine. I'm gonna be obligated to marry this widow on the very day that I do this. I gotta spend my time my resources building up the family name of a deceased person, it's all gonna transfer, including the land and the children to the name of the deceased, and, and, and I've, gotta, I've gotta have a Moabitess now in the family? Oh, no. Now, this is, this, this is what made him back out of the deal. In, in verse six, the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I mar my, mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou thy right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. So the kinsman here is really afraid because, you know, at the end of verse four, he said, I will redeem it. He'd committed to buy the land for the 10 witnesses, and now he's going back, and he said, I cannot redeem it. You know, and I know what this feels like because, you know, on Amazon, when you buy something, and, and they give you around 10 minutes for you to change your mind and cancel it with no consequences. I know I'm an expert at this. Uh, trust me. But anyway, so the kinsman, he jumps in and he immediately cancels his order. And the reason he gives in verse six is, I can't redeem it for myself lest I mar mine own inheritance. So he's saying, I cannot redeem it for myself. It's very clear he's only thinking about himself. That's it. He's not thinking about anybody else. The kinsman is described in Isaiah 56, 11. Isaiah 56, 11 talks about greedy dogs, which can never have enough shepherds that cannot understand or they all look to their own way. 
everyone to their own gain from his quarter. Philippians 2.4, Philippians 2.4 makes a command to us, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Philippians 2.21, Philippians 2.21, all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. 1 Corinthians 10.24, 1 Corinthians 10.24, let no man seek his own, every man, another man's wealth. The Lord spoke about in Matthew 16.24, 16.24, the Lord said, that anybody who comes after him has to deny himself and take up his cross and follow him. And so we don't have these laws of building up another person's name and his wealth like they did in Israel, but, but, but there is a way that we can build up the name and the wealth of another person. It's described for us in 1 Corinthians 10.33. 1 Corinthians 10.33 says, even as I please all men in all things, but not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. The profit of many that they may be saved. That's how we build up another person's name and wealth, eternal wealth, spiritual wealth, that they may be saved. Every time you and I seek for a lost person to be saved from their sins, we are trying to build their name up in heaven, a name that's so important that it would be written down in a special book called in Revelation 21:27, Revelation 21:27, the Lamb's Book of Life, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And because who's not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life in Revelation 20:15, Revelation 20:15, they're cast into the lake of fire. It's a wonderful title the Lamb's book of life. So we work for a person to be saved. We're working in a self-denying thing. So we see this kinsman here. He's characterized by the selfishness. He's really characterized by the last days. Paul told Timothy in in 2 Timothy 3.1, 2 Timothy 3.1, this know also that in the last days, men shall be lovers of of their own selves, covetous, covetous. The Lord said, beware of covetousness in Luke 12.15. Now, the kinsman, he's really nervous. He might be stuck with marrying Ruth the Moabitess, building up the family and inheritance. And so he turns to Boaz and he says, redeem thou my right for thyself. He pushes the opportunity to serve others away from himself. You know, it's a precious thing to be able to serve others. It brings a tremendous amount of self-fulfillment. It just came to me recently because my brother who's 80 years old, is um, having some problems. And he blacked out and hit some cars, and so they took his license away. He can't drive. Um, so I, I got him a, a phone and, and set up Uber, the Uber Uber taxi service for him. You know, I got the phone. He, he never had a computer before. He's never had a smartphone before. So I'm sitting there, I said, now, Bob, I got this phone for you. I put a sign here that says, this says the home key. I put a little sign here that says, this says Uber when it comes up. Put another sign here that says, this says off. This is what you need to do. So anyway, so every week or a couple of weeks, we go through this routine on the phone where I get him to go on his own. I get him to go to Rosie's Barbecue in the Valley in Los Angeles, and he orders the Caesar salad, the garlic mashed potatoes, and the two ribs for $10.95, senior special. 
And every time he goes through this, he, 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 I said to Bob, push this button. Okay, push this button. Okay, now, now go outside and meet the Uber guy, you know. So the Uber guy, and I'm listening on the phone. Every time this happens, I'm listening on the phone. So the Uber guy comes up, and he says, Bob, and then and Bob says, how did you know my name? <laughs> did my brother call you? My brother called you, didn't he? No. Okay. He says, he gets in the car. He says, and then he says, how did you know where I lived? <laughs> and the next question, how do you know where I'm going? You know, it's every time, every time this goes on, you know, I said, Bob, don't worry. I said, the phone knows, the phone knows. And so anyway, so he, he goes through that. And then I call him and say, okay, Bob, have you finished the, the you know, the, the, the Caesar salad, garlic, mashed potatoes, and the two ribs yet? No, not yet. Okay, fine. Enjoy it. Okay. Now, fine. You ready? Yes. Okay. Same thing on the way back, you know, the same routine. How did you know my name? And so forth. How do you know where I live? And, and you know, every time I do that, and I get them there, and I get them back, I feel like I've eaten the greatest meal on earth. <laughs> there is such a sense of this was a wonderful thing. It was wonderful to be able to do this. It makes so happy. That's what's involved when you serve others, when you minister to others. It's a tremendous sense of vicariousness, of success, and it's better than developing a new product at Scanabodies. It's a blockbuster. It's getting Bob to Rosie's Barbecue. Okay. So now, <laughs> but, but he doesn't want to do this. The kinsman doesn't want to do this. And now that we've had a chance to see all the dynamics that went into this negotiation and how the kinsman first wanted the land, and then when he saw it was going to be service, he doesn't want the land, and so he says, redeem it, redeem it, and we've seen all that, and we can just imagine, well, just imagine how hard this was for Boaz, because when Boaz was offering this land and says, redeem it, I mean, he tried his best by putting the four barbs out there, but you know, there was no guarantee that this kinsman might have said, you know what, I really want that land to enjoy during my lifetime. I don't care about the inheritance that I'm going to leave behind. It's a great land, and I can really enjoy it in my lifetime. And the deal about Ruth, she comes to, you know, I've watched her. She's a hard worker. Yeah, that would be great. See, Boaz was not sure. Boaz was not sure that this kinsman might have taken the land in Ruth. And what's beautiful about Boaz is that he says in verse 4, a very open, very honest, very transparent, if thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. And, and what we see in, in his willingness is, is that he's willing to let Ruth go if that's God's will. He worked hard, yes, with the four barbs and everything. But, you know, he didn't try, he didn't try to manipulate he didn't say, well, you know, um, I've kind of been a little close to Ruth here, so you know what? I think she has the early stages of leprosy. So if you might marry her, you might end up with leprosy, but that's okay. You'll take a chance, you know. But he didn't do that. Or he, he didn't say, well, look, i got to tell you, you know, Ruth and I, we, we really love each other. So, you know, if you marry Ruth all her life, she's going to be thinking of me. So, you know, I mean, you know, you're really going to have a bad marriage from a woman that's sick in love with me. He didn't do any of that. He just stood back. He was very transparent. He said, you know, because deep down, his supreme desire was for the will of God. And if Ruth was not part of the will of God, that's what he wanted. He wanted the will of God more than he wanted Ruth. And so he says, if thou will redeem it, redeem it. And he's letting God be God and letting God make the decision. And that's important. Because when Boaz looked at this kinsman who stood in the obstacle, he said to himself, 
Proverbs 21.1, Proverbs 21.1. The heart of the king, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. And so he's looking at the heart of the kinsman, and he's saying, that's the rivers of water. Now, Boaz, he's got a heart of peace. He's joining, actually, uh, Ruth. When Ruth, it said, uh, Naomi said to Ruth in Ruth 3.18, Ruth 3.18, sit still, my daughter, till thou see how the batter will fall. She committed the future. So Boaz is doing the same thing. When he says, if thou will redeem it, redeem it. And so, you know, this shows us something. When there's a really tense situation, we really want something. Number one, work hard to get it, as we see he did with his four barbs. But be always truthful and honest and fair, which is what he was doing in verse four. It says, if you redeem it, you redeem it. And give the Lord a chance to say no in this whole thing. It shows how really important it is to step back on something we really want and give God the opening to say no to say no, because he says, he's thinking to himself, I'm seeking the kingdom of God. All these things are going to be added to me from Matthew 6.33, Matthew 6.33. I don't have a tight grip on the world. I have a loose grip and give give God the option to say no, no. Okay, we've been looking here at at these verses, these verses here, which are a very important part of history here, extremely important. Why? Because we're really looking in these verses here at who will, this is going to be the determination of who will be the great, great grandfather of King David. Who's going to be the great, great grandfather of King David? That's what's on the line here. They don't know it, but it's true. Because then she gives birth to to Obed, Ruth does, and then he gives birth to Jesse, and then comes David. And so we're looking at the determination here, who's going to be written down in the book of Matthew, in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, and the Savior. Quite an honor. Quite an honor. And in these four verses, the great-great-grandfather, King David, is up in the air. And it's all being determined by a sit-down meeting here in Bethlehem. So these two men are very important in this decisive history. And there's something that's amazing about this monumental history and let me bring out this, this amazing point by asking you an obvious question. The kinsman in this history is so important. What is his name? What is his name? What's the name of the kinsman who could have been the great-great-grandfather of King David? What's his name? Verse 1, his name is such a one. Verse 1 and 3 and 6 and 8, his name is the kinsman. Verse four, he's he. In other words, even though his decision determined who would be the great-great-grandfather of Israel's greatest king, God has buried his name into oblivion, and he will forever be the nameless kinsman, all because he didn't know He didn't know that he was being called to serve the Lord by becoming the great-great-grandfather of King David. And because he said, no, I will not serve, I will not minister, because he said, no, I don't want to hurt my inheritance, he lost his place, he lost his name. The memory of his name is lost forever. 
and he lost the opportunity to serve God because all he could think about was himself. God had such a great opportunity for him when he thought of himself, and yet he was blind to the opportunity. He was called by God, and he didn't know it. And all he could think about was his own interests. And he was dishonored. He's just like the Lord Jesus, who the Lord Jesus spoke about in Luke 9.57. In Luke 9.57, when the Lord Jesus said, and it'll come to pass, as they went out of the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said well, to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Another he said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home in my house. Jesus said unto them, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking bad is fit, is fit for the kingdom of God. When God calls as he did this man, we cannot know the greatness of the opportunity. But if a person says to God, no, God, me first, Lord, me first, I'm me first, you lose great opportunity. You miss great opportunity. All he worried about was his inheritance and is going to be marred, and his name is gone. It says in Revelation 3.5, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. This man's name has been blotted out of our book, but I'll confess him before my father and the angels. When a person takes his position, I'll make my name great in my lifetime. I'll use my life to make my name to be never forgotten when I die. He fails. There's a failure. His name is forgotten. He's not remembered when he dies. Just like this conspicuous man here that we see, he missed this greatest opportunity, and his name is erased and his name is erased, and that's such a tragedy. This is a tragedy. The greatest opportunity that any person has in life is to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and people don't do it because they say, me first. But the Lord said in Luke 19.41, Luke 19.41, when he was come near, talking about Jerusalem that we just saw the pictures of, he says, he has come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things that belong to thy peace, but now they're hid. Now they're hid from thine eyes. Now they're hid from thine eyes. So we have to remember that when a person refuses, as John 1.11 talks about, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. When a person refuses and falls into that category of John 1.11, then God turns to the next man, which is John 1.12, was it John 1.12? John 1.11, he came unto his own, his own received him not, John 1.12, but as many as did receive him, to them gave he the power. To them, they missed the opportunity, they got the opportunity to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So what we've seen in these four verses here are some very valuable lessons because Boaz, he really wanted to have Ruth, but he stepped back. He worked hard, but he stepped back, and he says, I'm going to give God the chance to say no. And the other thing we find here is this unnamed kinsman and how he missed a valuable opportunity. His name could have been in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, but because he thought of his own interest and his own way, he missed out on so 
great an opportunity. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for for Boaz who saw the opportunity and, and to serve you and rose to that opportunity. May we not miss the opportunities because we don't see them, but may we, Lord, serve you with an open heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.